The Zero Res two-day summer sale is on this week. Schedule now and get $50 off your cleaning. Any service, save 50 bucks. Sale ends Tuesday. Minimums and restrictions apply. Schedule your cleaning with Zero Res today at 801-288-9376. It's always the right way to clean. It's always Zero Res. Come on, guys. Get with it. You kidding me? Preseason power rankings are out from ESPN. It's like another poll, except it's not a poll. What do you think? That's they got like power three rank. writers. Power rank? No, they've got a bunch of writers. Oh my gosh! Look at the list. Yeah. Holy cow! No, there's several of them. That's why I think it has a little more credence. It's got fourteen. Oh, I guess people. the other ones have it too. Fourteen uh, staff writers. I take that back. Combining on this because there's a number of folks, and what they've done is they've had write-ups. They assigned people to write up each team. But I think you know ESPN College Football. It's one of their mainstays that they do live programming. They invest in uh, it. You know, they have the best uh, show, pregame show, because there is no college football network like there is NFL, NBA, MLB, golf, tennis, you name it. Practically everybody has it. Soccer. They've uh, got their own networks. And uh, so, you know, their, their college game day thing where it's kind of a joke. I, I, I'm not into it as much as I used to be. Because? Because... It's like they just manufacture talking about teams, and then in the end, it's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this year, too. I got to admit, this year I'm a little turned off by it. Too predictable. Yeah. I'm not as hyped about it. Now, I'm hyped about the Pac-12 and can the Aggies, what they're going to do. I have a local interest big time, but I'm talking about from the national perspective, I'm not as excited about it because it is too predictable. You nailed it exactly. Yes. It just seems like it's just a countdown to have these two teams play each other again. And it's like, oh, that's kind of boring. You know, you want some intrigue. You know, the NFL has it great. And this year, the NBA, we're super excited to see how the West is going to shake out with all these moves with the Jazz right there in the mix. Right? That's what. If, unless you're an Alabama or Clemson fan, you don't necessarily love it. And I get if you're those types of fans, you're all over it. This is the greatest thing ever. Well, inside this conference, the Pac-12, there seems to be drama. Nationally, not so much. And I did misspeak a little bit. Oregon is ranked above uh, Utah. Utah is coming in at 13, Oregon at 11, Washington at 14. But I do disagree with what you said last night on television I thought we should hit. All right, what did I say? You said that you didn't think there was a, you could say, any one team has a 50% chance of winning the conference. And I disagree completely. Yeah, you did. You made a good point. You said that because the Utes are in the South, all the, let's say there's, depending on who you are, there's three to six teams you think can win it. Well, the Utes only have to battle one of them. Maybe. And that's SC. That's a maybe. Yes, it's a maybe. Right. I think everyone believes that Utah, Oregon, and Washington are going to be pretty good. Then depending on who you are, Washington State, Stanford, USC. Well, somebody has to finish second in the South. Right, but they may finish second by three games. It may not be a battle. But I, it won't be a three-game lead October 15th. Nope. So they at should least get that kind of separation some, that quick. That's the beauty of nine when games. When we get to November, I agree with you. The second week of November, the Utes could be the clear-cut favorite. When the Devils first won the conference in the second week of November, they clinched the thing. So they were way ahead. So the one blowout scenario, and I know there's some Ute fans out there either anticipating it, thinking about it, if USC loses to Stanford and then loses to the Utes, 0-2 with a head-to-head loss. That's the worst thing that can happen to Utah. 
then to have Stanford zero and two. No, for USC to be zero and two. Excuse me, to have Stanford. To, I don't know why I say Stanford. If Stanford, Stanford beats USC, USC. I, I know what you're saying. I screwed right. up. I got you. In uh, big picture, the Utes do not want USC zero and two because <laughs> they need a horse race. They need some pressure. No, no, what? no. Because if SC starts zero and two, Clay Helton gets fired, and Urban's taken over. <laughs> So you do not want SC to be 0-2. <laughs> this year, maybe you do. But long term, you do not want uh, SC to be 0-2. No. You want them to beat Stanford. Obviously, you want them to lose the U. But you want SC to be decent. Decent enough. Clay's you wouldn't be mind enough to keep his job. Exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't mind SC winning nine ball games as long as you are better. But you don't want Urban over there. You don't. And I know he's supposed to be here and he's buddies with Kyle, but that will change in a freaking hurry. Because <laughs> <laughs> Irvin's about one thing. Well, there's... I was going to say two. One. He's about Urban and he's about winning. They go together. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, you mean, that's <laughs> like, Urban's about Urban winning. I know you folks don't believe in that Trinity stuff the way most people would blow, but that's two and one. <laughs> you believe in two separate. That's two and one. With Urban. Urban and Shelly equal winning. The ultimate power couple. You can get Barry and Michelle all you want, but the ultimate power couple is Urban and Shelly. And you don't want SC to be 0-2. You want them to be 1-1. Or if they're 0-2, you better hope they win, because they go 0-3, man. They're making a change. There's no doubt about it they're making a change. Hilton is obviously... He's his seat is the hottest, certainly in the conference, if not in the country. But I think Utah has a better than 50-50 chance. I think they have the best chance right now to win the Pac-12 title game because they're the most assured team of getting there. And once they get there, you can argue very much so with that D, it's going to be a 50-50 proposition of whether they win that ball game. They had a little offense last year, and they were right in it till the end. And the only thing that kept them going from the Rose Bowl, the one thing, was a fluke pick. That's it. They were a fluke play from winning the Rose Bowl. Okay, good. I'll sign <laughs> off on that. Could have been there all night getting that second field goal. Irregardless, they were a, a fluke play from going to the Rose Bowl. And then, of course, if you're going to go to the Rose Bowl, they're going to win it. They've never lost the Rose Bowl. <laughs> I can hear Cougar fans. They've never won the Rose Bowl. Clearly, they were going to lose it. No. Well, if, if it you, would have been Urban. If you say that there's one play, one fluke play that kept them out of the Rose Bowl, then I'm saying that they're going to win it. I mean, come on. There was a million plays, not one. Fl- you, you you pick that one because you're trying to make an argument. Because it's the game's only touchdown. Yeah. There is a million things that led up to okay, if the Utes other had, teams that could have been in a position to win it, if too. If the Utes had what Oregon had. When? Right now, have. Okay. Had, have. Okay. okay. Wouldn't you fans be going even crazier? What do you mean? Well, in Oregon, they've got, uh, here's the the pack, the pack write-up for ESPN.com in their preseason thing. Okay. On paper, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more talented roster in the Pac-12. With star quarterback Justin Herbert deciding to return to school after last season, 19 starters are back in Eugene, including all five offensive linemen and a historic recruiting class headlined by the number one player in the country. That's a defensive end, dude. Kayvon Thibodeau makes the Ducks a trendy 
dark horse playoff team. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, the number one recruit, and it's not a quarterback because once it's a quarterback, that just sends up all sorts of uh, red flags. Hold off, hold off, hold off. Uh, but somebody who has size and speed and athletic skill at a defensive end, linebacker, rush-type situation, that ought to be able to transfer. What will transfer immediately to end up looking like uh, uh, whomever, uh, whoever your, your rush end of the day is, mm-hmm. clowny, uh, Watt, whomever it might be. Uh, you know, you'd ha- you have to think he'd have a little bit of... Who wrote that, though? I, th- I think that was someone who's based out of Oregon. Edward Ashoff. We have to double check on that. Uh, I'm not that. I mean, the Utes I'm 15 not super st- high on The Utes Oregon. 15 yeah, starters. I mean, we're getting into negligible categories here. Yeah. The Utes 15 starters back. That's pretty good. That's got people fired up. But they got 19. And they got a quarterback who the NFL is drooling over. He was going to go. And then he so they got an Yeah, well. They got a number one recruit in the country. I get all of the things can flame out, but you can't. Right, much better stuff. The teams that are picked in front of Oregon are largely picked in front of Oregon because they're really good the last couple of years. The other 10 you're talking about? Most of them. I mean, you know that Clemson's got to be in front of them, Bama's got to be in front of them, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State. This is why it's boring, right? It's the same old, same old. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, the second five is Michigan, LSU, Notre Dame, Florida, and Texas. Yeah, but see, I think Oregon has a much more difficult road to get there. That's my whole point. Utah has the easiest road of anybody in the conference to get to Santa Clara. It is the Utes. By far, it's the Utes. And so Oregon, you know, they had that Stanford game won last year. They had it won, and they tripped all over themselves at the end, much like uh, the Utes did a couple years back up in uh, Seattle. So they're going to have those stumbles. And then they've also got Washington and Stanford right there. And if you're in the top 20 in anybody's preseason poll, you know what's the difference between uh, team 10 and 20? You got to pick them to have some kind of list. You can't pick everybody at 10. So basically, so I don't think it, there's a whole lot of difference. So there. what it comes down to is the fact that Oklahoma and Texas don't look like they have any competition inside the Big 12. Probably not. Oklahoma State's getting no run. I went through the list, and it's Iowa State at 25, third in the Big 12. And so to your point about, well, how's the middle of the league going to push Oklahoma and Texas? They're probably not. That's what I'm saying. It's the blessing yeah. curse of this conference. The SEC has a lot of good teams. People say, oh, look at all the good teams. Okay, but the league's 14 teams instead of 12, and you're playing eight games instead of nine, so a bunch of the good teams can miss each other. It gets a little random in terms of years as you rotate through there, you know, who you're playing in your crossover games because you're only playing two of the other seven. Yeah, I would, I would venture to say, does any conference have a team at fourth place? So, at best, they're fifth, right? So, I'm speaking of Washington State, obviously. So, they're picked fourth in the north. Well, so you got the three above them, and then you certainly have to go – the Utes, whoever was picked in the South this year, it is Utah. You can argue possibly the second place team, but then for argument's sake, we won't do that. So we'll pick the South projected winner and then the three that are picked ahead of Washington State. So you're getting down to fifth place. Washington State, no matter who they beat this year in conference, no one in that individual game is going to be surprised. And if they go 9-0... and Obviously, yes. But I'm speaking individually on any given Saturday. But if Washington State beats fill-in-the-blank school in a given game, Oregon, no one's going to really bat an eyelash. 
There goes the Pac-12 beating itself up. They again. went eleven and two last year, and you got a master puppeteer controller over there in Leach, and they returned a fair amount, and their defense has gotten progressively better every year. The numbers show that. For three years running now, they've gotten a little bit better each of the last three years. And you got Leach, and Leach is one of these dudes who likes to just put people on. You know, you can tell. <laughs> he does. I mean, he, just the way he talks. And I like to look into his eyes when he talks. And the only time I can really do that is Pac-12 Media Day. And, I, and, I, and, and, and there's, a, there's some dead time for the coaches. And I go outside and I look and I, I kind of lean in and see what these other people are saying to him. Because they're all expecting him to tell you some off-the-wall story. No matter what he tells you, he can tell you, man, the sidewalk is made of great cement. And people are going to think, oh, man, that's brilliant. That is genius. And that's so funny because he's got this rep now. But, you know, it's not really about that because his rep as this uh, quirky dude, that only works when you're winning football games. Otherwise, you're an unemployed quirky dude. And so it's about football. And I think that listening to him and looking at him, and I really trust my instincts built up over many years, he thinks he's got a really good football team this year. I don't think that takes your instincts. Well, but they're picked fifth in the conference. Not a lot of people think that. They're picked fifth in the conference. People don't believe him, but... He said it. I mean, he just sat at that podium and told the assembled media that they were going to be better than last year. I mean, he just said but it. But nobody believes him. That's true. They're, they're picked That's fifth. True. Everybody knows he thinks it. Yeah, but, but I'm listening to Chip Kelly and, and uh, the guy over in Colorado. What's his name? Tucker. And they think they're going to get now. Well, yeah, we're going to build it. When I went to, I played against Colorado in 1994 and it was sold out and they had a Heisman Trophy winner. Blah, blah, blah. Snap my fingers. Boom. 1994. Here, forget about 84. We got 94. And it's returned. I'm looking. I'm looking at him. I think, Coach, you got all sorts of qualifications, but you got one heck of a job in front of you. Check back in four years if they give you that long. Hopefully they do for his sake, because he certainly deserves the job that he has based on his qualifications. But Leach here has got something. So my point is, they beat anybody on any Saturday. Nobody's batting an eyelash, and I don't know that you can say that about any of these other conferences. The fifth place preseason team. Frank Dolce, Ute Analyst, joins us next. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Patriots and Tom Brady agree to a two-year contract extension. They'll boost his pay to $23 million this year. He'll be the sixth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Deal also has an out for either side if they want to get out of the deal before that second year. Golden State Warriors have agreed to a four-year contract extension with Draymond Green. He's now got five years and $118 million on his deal with the Warriors. Major League Baseball, Justin Verlander picks up his 15th win as the Astros beat the Mariners 3-1. He struck out 10 batters in six innings. The Dodgers beat the Padres 11-10. Take three out of four in the series. Max Muncy with a walk-off two-run double for L.A. Bees lose to New Orleans 8-2. Series finale versus the Baby Cakes is tonight at 7 o'clock. Get your tickets at slbs.com or listen to the game on The Zone Sports Network. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport. Don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport parking offers self parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car to curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save at Diamond Airport parking. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Join Scouting Hands Wednesday, August 7th from noon to 3 at Sansley Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. Time now to talk a little Utah football with former Utah quarterback Frank Dolce, and he joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Great to catch up with you. Frank... You didn't really sell yeah. that. You great to catch up with you. I mean, that didn't come on. Uh, it didn't come out the right way. Okay. It was much more heartfelt than it sounded. <laughs> I took it the way you meant it. No problem. Thanks. Well, yeah. PK, you know, you and I have a special connection, yeah. so I think we understand each other on a different level. This guy over here is an outsider, Frank. You and I aren't. He's an outsider. Yeah. Always trying to get in. Hey, right. yeah. I grew up in the South Bay. Different Bay, though. Santa Barbara is not the South Bay. That's where I went to it's college. South Bay. South Bay in San Diego. Chula Vista, Bonita. That's the South Bay. Oh, the super, super South. Yeah, way South. South. Bay. Way, way South. All right, Frank. Yeah. So, yeah. PK and I are not allowed to watch practice, and the coach will actually tease us, take shots about it at the start, because we are the media. But you, Frank, yeah. you are an ex-player. Do you have special practice viewing privileges? Have you seen Ergo no more than us. So I, I have been in communication with the coaches about this very issue, and they are they are being very strict about the practice viewing opportunities, and um, and you do have to have special clearance. But as an ex player, that I do get to I get. I get to go and see a little bit more than what the media sees. Although it's a funny mix because I'm also considered media, so there is this. There's a little. There's a little anxiety about whether or not I attend a practice session. If I'm an ex-player or if I'm a media person, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think they should trust you either way. Whoever they want to classify you, I'm sure you'll do what's right and. You won't be giving away secrets, and I also think it's overblown anyway because once you get out on the ball field, whatever happened on August 5th or 6th isn't going to have much reflection upon the game. But nevertheless, this made me some general questions here. You know, you were calling the games when Ludwig was there, and now Ludwig is back, and we've got the players, which were they started in spring uh, spring ball when we saw them, and Covey's talking about it here this year. You know, it's going to be run heavy. So what in your mind is going to be an accurate reflection of what we should expect out of Utah's offense this season? Well, I think the run, I think the run heavy is accurate and um, based on what I've, what I've seen and, and who the people I've talked to. So I would guess that, I, I mean, someone was throwing around the number 65% yeah. run and you know, that, that that may be super run heavy, but but I think it's certainly going to be a, an offense that's based in the run. And if Coach Ludwig has had an opportunity to look over Tyler Huntley's tapes, then I'm sure he noticed a four-ish game stretch last year 
when Huntley wasn't really asked to throw the ball downfield, he was much more into high percentage passes near the line of scrimmage and then utilizing his legs to keep a to keep a defense off balance and that's when he was absolutely most effective when they could rely on on Zach Moss and rely on the run game and then use the quarterback position to to keep the defense off balance and and he was completing nearly 70% of his passes in that stretch so that's what i would expect the offense to be is Zach Moss and and Zach Moss is going to be your superstar, and Tyler Huntley is going to be. I I almost want to say game manager, but he's just not a game manager type of quarterback. But but he's going to be a guy that's that's going to be called on to be high percentage in the pass game and utilize his legs to keep a defense off balance, but certainly not uh, a foundation of the offense in the quarterback run game. Are they going to look good when they have to make those uh, medium when the, when the passing game has to make those medium distance throws and catches? Are they going to be able to complete passes in that ten to fifteen to twenty yard range? Yeah, I think that I think there's a there's talent on this football team to to do exactly that. And in fact, I, I think that's where I I mean I, I like a lot of the quick slants and hitches and getting stuff to the slot receivers quickly and in a little bit of space five or six yards downfield but but with a a pretty good group of tight ends young tight ends but it looks like a pretty good group of tight ends and with the talent that they have available on the on the outside i think there's absolutely the ability to throw the medium range and be successful in the medium range passing game uh i still have some my, my big question mark about this offense is not I mean, I know there's questions about the wide receivers. Everybody said, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? I, I, don't, I don't really have a question mark about the wide receiver group, certainly not about the, the quarterback and certainly not about the running backs. My question still lies up front with the offensive line and whether or not those guys are going to be able to, to get the job done. So is there talent available to complete the passing game 10 to 15 yards downfield? Absolutely. With Tyler Huntley, with Zach Moss helping out in the blocking game or whoever is in the backfield, helping out in the blocking game. And with the talent they have on the outside, yes, they can complete that pass. My question is, do they have enough time to complete that pass downfield? And I, I'm, I think the jury's still out on that offensive line. Is the jury out in your mind in both aspects of run and pass blocking? Well, it's funny because I – and maybe it's just the way that Utah's played under the Whittingham eras, I don't have as big I don't have as much concern in the run game. I think they'll I think they'll be able to run the ball effectively. I don't have I don't know that I have any concern whether or not they'll be able to run the ball effectively. I I have concern whether or not they'll be able to pass block effectively enough to to do the things that they'll need to do, throwing the ball, the medium range kind of passes. I and and maybe we'll see. I mean maybe Tyler Huntley's matured to the point where he can manage pressure a little bit a little bit differently this year, but that's always seemed to be the problem is you put Tyler Huntley in a position where he has to sit in the pocket a long time, he gets anxious, he starts rolling around, and then all of a sudden the, the offense breaks down. He doesn't he's not as accurate downfield and then he puts himself into supreme danger running running around scrambling around with the football. So I I don't have concern about Run blocking, my, my concern about the offensive line is the ability to, to give Tyler Huntley enough time to make the throws downfield. 
Frank Dolce, former U quarterback, joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So when Kyle talks about the O-line, and he probably does this on purpose, there just seems to be a gray area. And, you know, he'll talk about, hey, i got three guys, and I know about them. You know, they can do it. They, they were doing it last year. And then, you know, oh, we got seven guys. So I'm trying to figure out if he really believes these next four guys are really good D1 offensive linemen or if he's really just trying to sort out which two are going to start and then which two will rotate in and, and be backups. Do you think it's more sorting? Or are they still these other guys still having to prove they're the guys? Well, how, how, does, he, how does he talk about his defensive line? Did he we're, say the same things about his defense? We're line? nine. We're nine deep. We're kicking your butt. They're the best ever. There's yeah. no hesitation. I mean that. Yeah, you know the D line's so going to be good, it's, or it's going to be great. But think, that's all that's left. I think that's pretty telling the way he talks about the two different offensive lines. If he felt like he was seven deep or eight deep or whatever on the offensive line, I think you'd get that sense that this is a re, this is a battle in camp, and and no matter which five guys. Some you know rise to the top. We're going to be really good up front on the offensive line. I think he talks differently about his offensive line and his defensive line, and and that's pretty telling. As a player, do you like a tougher game with BYU first or a lesser opponent? No, I I for lots of reasons I like the the game with BYU up front and and the rivalry game up front. I think that makes. I makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense, and um, and I I think it's a it's a game that shouldn't go away. I want it always on the schedule, and I, I you know I I've even I even like the idea of having Utah State on the schedule more regularly. I like the in-state rivalry kind of game, so yeah, I I like that game up front for Utah. I don't think it makes any sense to have it late in the season, and you know first games are. First games are dangerous, and first games are kind of kind of funny, and and it's you never know which way the ball is going to bounce. But I think that makes sense for for everybody. Put that game right up front, and and then let let both teams worry about the the rest of the football season. At one point, it made sense to have that that game. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but it seemed to me like at one point it had it made more sense to have that game at the end of the year and. You know, when we were in the same conference and things kind of wrapped up, and lots was riding on that game, and um, it was pretty exciting atmosphere. But but nowadays, I, I don't know, and maybe maybe I'm being one sided. It just makes it makes sense to have that game right up front. Frank Dolce joining us here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Uh, it seems like Kyle always finds a kicker, and last time, <laughs> last time he didn't pick the right kicker coming out you know he picked a guy and the guy missed the first kick so he and he said it was close competition so he let the other guy have the second kick and now that guy's banging 62 yarders in an NFL camp and the place is going crazy I was watching that in, in Tampa I mean it, it was unbelievable how it all came together and they're just rock solid for a couple of years is that going to repeat itself or is there finally going to be a year where the youths are uh, youth fans are are sweating out every field goal attempt it feels like this. I think punting game will be fine, but but uh, field goal and point after and uh, I I think that that portion of the of the special teams is is a big question mark right now. So I'm not sure that that Utah's going to have that reliable 
you know, hey, we're when when we get within forty five yards, we're we're pretty good. We 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 think we're going to be about seventy five or eighty percent making those those field goals, putting up those points. So this feels like the year under under Coach Whittingham that there just is a little bit of uh, uncertainty about the kicking kicking position, which is surprising because special teams in the kicking game has always has for as long as he's been there they've always been a real bright spot for the youth so i i it could be more exciting in the kicking game this year than in years past what's the difference for utah as far as being the favored and the hunted versus one of the non-favorites doing the hunting it's i think it's always the way that you manage it it's it's really easy to be well it's I mean, it's easier to be on the other side of it with the lack of expectation when you're the underdog and you just go in there and you can be loose and play relaxed and and be disruptive and and all of those things. The expectation isn't isn't the same on the outside or within the in, within the team. So, although everybody says, "Wait, we're going to go win this game no matter who the opponent is," so when you're playing from on top, the expectation changes and. And how do you manage that expectation? Do you play tight? Do you get nervous? Are you anxious? Does that alter the way that you play the game? I think it's just it's a different it's a different different atmosphere when you're on top. And so you know one of the amazing things about all of these really successful teams is how they manage themselves playing from on top and how they manage all of the the anxiety that goes goes along with that. It's just a different atmosphere when you're the underdog uh, versus being, being, you know, the, the guy that everybody's all of a sudden you're the, you're the one they circle on the schedule every week. So we'll see. I think that's the, to me, that's just going to be the difference. How will this Utah football team manage uh, being, be, being the favorite every week? And, and it looks as you go across their schedule, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a couple games where just based on talent, based on preseason, where they they won't necessarily be the favorite, but it should be the majority of the weeks this year. They'll be they'll be going in as as the guys um, that someone's trying to knock off. Frank Dolce joined us here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Frank, we look forward to talking to you as the uh, as the uh, season gets going. Thanks for uh, jumping on with us here today. Yeah, absolutely. It's my it's my uh, pleasure. I've been listening in a little bit. This morning looks like you guys are kind of getting into midseason form around football here. It's just it's already opened up. Yeah, absolutely, it's an exciting time. Very, very exciting. So I have one question for you because you said something about Coach Winningham. Now is he publicly saying things about the closed practices to the media, like poking fun at the? Uh, he did the first the day about the first practice. Oh, we gotcha. DJ and I walk up to him, so he made a comment, something along the lines. So what you guys see in practice today? <laughs> and I said, you make that, that comment one more time, and I'm going to drop you. And then, of course, he didn't make it again. So, one one last question: What is the official what is the official policy for media surrounding Utah football? Because I just I haven't seen it. I just keep hearing about it. But what is the what's the policy? Well, I think it's been in recent years, like the last 20, 30 minutes in training camp, so those three weeks, Yeah. once they start game preparation, 
then uh, media availability like on a Monday and Tuesday if the game's Saturday if it's a Thursday or Friday then just Monday but you do not view any portion so basically they've instituted the season practice in season policy during the training camp and we've been told it's because it's BYU oh <laughs> Frank <laughs> gotcha <laughs> So the well, what does line, an O mean, Frank? The line of thinking oh, yeah. would be <laughs> next year if they're not. Well, I don't know. They're playing BYU to start next year. I don't have the schedule. No, so I then think it they would, are in two years. Then it would go back to being open. But since it's BYU and there's a lot of crossover, it's Kyle either following some form of superstition or being extra careful. And then there's also the thought that you know they don't want to let. Uh, somebody like us see what's up with Britton Covey and how available is he going to be? How healthy is he going to be for game one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, with regard to to Britton Covey, I, if he's not 100% healthy, I just don't think it makes sense to play him until you start conference games. I mean, it's just, it seems like if you're in non, non-conference games, then you don't need to take a risk with that guy if he's not 100%. But um, so, yeah. Interesting, interesting things. I I had a little, I had a, a some communication <laughs> with the coach, and he he indicated that security was so tight that it was scary. I mean, that was, that was the comment that he made to me. So I don't know what's going on under there, but it sure it sure lends itself to a lot of uh, intrigue about the program right now. You know, there's speculation we both heard about, uh, you know, if if Liz Abel was still there, would this have happened? She would have pushed back, and what would Kyle have done? So I don't know. The times they are changing, Frank. <laughs> I know. Isn't it the truth? Isn't it? Do you remember the good old days when you could just walk up there and walk out on the practice field? My heavens, I, I had a guy, one of the fans, who offered me a bag of potato chips during a practice game. <laughs> <day. laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I can't wait to get football season rolling and catching up with you each week. All right. Thank you, Frank. We'll look forward to it. Hey, thanks. Talk to you soon. Jay Drew, beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, is going to join us in about 15 minutes right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union. The Southtown Auto Mall. And Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. 3-2 from Devo. Hit high in the air to right center field. This is playable for Reddick. He's there, makes the catch, and the Astros have thrown a no-header. Aaron Sanchez, Will Harris, Joe Biagini, and Chris Davinsky hold the Mariners to no hits as the Astros win it 9 to nothing. There's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today, 450 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. 
As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. like a sucker punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, who really sucked, PK? Who had an awful weekend? TCU's kicker, Cole Bunce, could miss the upcoming season. Scooter accident. Yeah, in traffic. Scooter's dangerous. Can you afford to be on him? Missing a whole season over this? This is the only way you can afford to get around, I guess. You can't it's afford a, a car. He's a half mile oh, from man, the man. stadium to yeah. what happened. It's, it's crazy. That sucks. Unfortunate. Yeah. Story sucks. I don't know that he sucks. Right. The other driver with failure to yield, so not that he did anything wrong, but a scooter wreck, I mean, of all things. Yeah, I got somebody that was just shocking to me. Your guy. The Padres bullpen? No. Oh. Your guy. Your guy. All right, my guy. <laughs> I got it. His guy who? I <laughs> know. Radio, TV, San Diego sports scene, RSL sports scene. Who? What? Steven Strasburg, San Diego State. Oh, this guy sucks. You know, this is, was incredible. He had won, uh, I think, uh, eight straight decisions. It was pitcher of the month yeah. in July. was just lighting it up, right? Uh-huh. So he goes into Arizona on Saturday. My sister was at the game. On Friday, Arizona managed one hit and got shut out. Did she stay for the whole thing? Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, <laughs> now this guy was, he has just been the best pitcher in the National League in July. No yeah. exaggeration. I mean, look at his, just go look at his numbers. I mean, they, they were incredible. And for some reason, and he's always struggled against Arizona, and four and two-thirds, they just light him up. Nine hits, nine earned runs, uh, three home runs. It made no sense. A pitcher of this caliber who's having a fantastic season and had been on a big-time hot streak. Big-time hot streak, man. It's been nothing short of sensational. And, and who had a two-run lead the first to work with. You'd think, you're hot, they got me some early runs, here we go. And instead, it's like you said, he got lit up. Yes. That's a game they lost 18-7. to Yes, a couple of position players ended up pitching for those guys. That explains the seven and the eighth? It does. Yeah. Yes, uh, Dozier and uh, Parra, both us infield and outfield guys. Although Parra plays some first base, too. Uh, so, sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. By now, you had been doing so well. This was, it was just starting. When I saw that, I thought, wow, this is incredible to think that this guy who's been so good Saturday night, man, you're thinking, man, they're just going to get their butts kicked, speaking of the D-backs. But no, they turn around and kick the crap. So you just never freaking know. I can't believe Strasburg is 31. Where did the years go, PK? He was just pitching up in Ogden the other day. Remember, he came yeah, through town a while ago, though. We yeah, had apparently. Tony Gwynn when he was pitching in high school, or uh, college. Yeah, we had him on our station back when we were over at thirteen twenty. May that rest in peace. Yep. All right, DJ and PK Jay Drew is going to join us next. Stay with us.